I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalize you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me I'm an education consultant specializing in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Listeners, our guest today on Thriving Matters podcast is the absolutely stunning Jade Hughes. Hello, Jade. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you know, Jade, you are a couple of decades younger than me, and so I'm I'm always wanting to learn from the younger gals who are doing extraordinary things in life and work, and you're one of them. So I am so pleased to have you on. Uh, And listeners, we've just been chatting a little bit about the family, of course, how everybody is. Um, how everyone's been uh, health-wise, all that sort of stuff. So, Jade, tell me, let's open it right up, straight up. First question, what actually gets you out of bed each morning? What is it? Apart from the fact that I have two children. Um, well, actually, I my husband gets up with the kids every morning and, and he gets them ready for school. And so usually like the first thing that I hear in the morning is their little interactions that like them giggling, singing and just really bonding. And it's so precious because it just makes me realise that the joy is in those tiny little simple things and the importance of family and connection and just to start your day like that is like okay I've got a purpose and these guys are my purpose um so yeah that's what kind of on a regular basis makes me smile what a beautiful start now because I'm a few decades older than you I actually I actually wait for the I I wait for the birds to start so it's a little bit similar it's the chirping the conversation and it's the the presence of where I'm at and what joy I can get from how the morning opens up, how it starts. And yeah. nature will give you that as well. Just, you know, <laughs> surrounding yourself in nature and hearing those birds sing. It's just joyful, isn't it? It, it, it is. It is. So, look, I thanks thanks for that. So, I, actually, there's a lot of girls listening to this going, that's not a bad strategy for the morning. <laughs> I know. Do you know what? I, I'm very lucky. Well, I'm, I hate saying lucky because men um, should... Their parents too. They're not helping us out. No. Um, but I do feel um, very lucky that my partner is very hands-on and a wonderful dad, and I never have to tell him how to look after the children or anything like that. He's um, he's very good. Yeah. That sounds like you've got a little boy and a little girl, haven't you? So, I do. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a that's a lovely balance. Well, Jade, I think our listeners need to know a little bit about you. You have a beautiful British accent. You still got it um which which is which is even nice uh even nicer sorry um so tell us a little bit about you when did you come to Australia just give it a little bit of a pot yeah, of history of you know? um so I um was born and raised in Buckinghamshire in England which is about 30 minutes outside of London beautiful mm-hmm. countryside beautiful I, I went to university in London and I studied business management and I came out of university and there was a recession 
Um, no one was employing graduates. Um, and the only place I could really get a job was in recruitment. And I don't think anybody like grows up thinking I'm going to get it. I'm going to have a career in recruitment. It's kind of something you fall into because most people don't even know it's a job you can do. Um, and so I got this job in medical recruitment, recruiting doctors. And um, after a kind of year of working there, um, I quickly, you know, worked out the organization and they said they had this office in Australia that was just opening up. Well, I had a few, a few staff there and I was like, oh, I'm 22. I could go to Australia. Like this sounds exotic and fun and wild and, and something I should just say <laughs> yes to. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll just go to Australia for six months. And I remember saying to my dad, um, I was like, dad, I'm moving out. And he was like, where are you moving to? I was like, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Have you got a job? Have you got, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. And I, um, so I did it and I thought, okay, I'll come here for six months. And I came out here, started working, didn't know anyone. Um, actually there was a girl that I used to work with, but we, you know, just in the yeah. work, she knew each other. Um, and then just fell in love with Australia, fell in love with um, the beaches and the lifestyle here, the sunshine. Um, and I used to have like nightmares about being sent home. I'm like, I have to stay here. Um, and it was never really a decision about whether to stay or go. Just every day went into the next. And then all of a sudden it had been 11 years. Um, wow. And and then so yeah, I continued my career in medical recruitment and found friends. And um, then my husband actually came out here. We went to school together and he came out here on holiday. And we, so we'd known each other since we were 12, um, but had always just been friends. And we bumped into each other in a bar. And I was like, oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm here visiting another mutual friend that we had. And I was like, oh, okay. And then him and his four best friends decided to stay in Australia. And, and Bobby was very lucky because he um, had an Australian passport. And so he could just stay. And he came and he stayed. And then we um, got together and have been together ever since. And we're married and now we're two children. So I came the other side of the world to meet someone that lives 10 minutes away from being back home. Isn't that um, amazing? That's yeah, amazing. I know. I know. So, yeah, that's my current situation, working here in medical recruitment and running foundation and then met my husband from home. I love the story. That, that is so good. Um, it's been a very calculated um another day I'll tell you about Luch and I so there's there's something very interesting about that okay now so you're a med currently you're a medical director of a leading recruitment company here in Australia but I, sus I suspect it is also um, global um well we our main offices are here but we do um recruit doctors and nurses from overseas as well yeah right and so I, I think there's a, there's a real feel of your passion for medical um, assistance and the care that's involved through through medical um, assistance. And you also have another story um, to share with us about um, a, a major time in your life that was instrumental in how you now show up, but what you have been doing. So, Jade, if you'd like to tell us about that, that is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so... When I was one, um, my mum was diagnosed with um, something called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Um, and Guillain-Barre syndrome is an autoimmune condition which affects a person's peripheral nerves, um, causing paralysis and muscular weakness. Mm -hmm. um, it can happen to anyone at any age um, and there is no cure. 
Um, and my mum woke up one day experiencing a key GBS symptom, which is pins and needles in the legs ascending upwards. She didn't feel very well, so she decided to take herself to hospital, um, where she spent the next two weeks. Um, and in those two weeks, um, one of the major problems with GBS is that um, in its infancy, it mimics a lot of other syndromes. Um, yeah. So diagnosis can be hard, especially we're talking all those years ago. And yes. um, so um, they actually said to my dad, we don't know what it is. We think she's making it up. And my dad was like, this is a very active woman with a young child. She's not making this up. So he literally picked her up at a hospital, took her to a private hospital around the corner from us in the UK. And, and by off chance, there was a um, specialist from London there who said, I think this might be a thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome. So he did a lumbar puncture, diagnosed it, and then she spent the next 18 months in, hospital, in a hospital in London specialising wow. in nervous diseases. Um, so throughout my childhood, she was in and out of hospital the whole time. She never spent more than about three months at home at a time. Mm. Um, I spent a lot of time in hospitals um, and my dad played the role of mum, dad, work full time. Everyone. It was just everything. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really, as a child, know what Guillain-Barre syndrome was or have any understanding of it. It was just kind of dribs and drabs that I'd pick up through adult conversation. Mm. Um, and um, my mum, you know, suffered with GBS for 12 years um, until eventually her heart gave in and she passed away. So obviously, for a young child to lose their mum, it was extremely traumatic. Yeah. Um, and especially all those years, so many different things were happening that children or well, a child should not be um, privy to. Um, it built up an incredible resilience in me and, and a real... Um, passion to find out more about what happened to my mum when I was old enough um, and the more I learned about Guillain-Barre syndrome the more I realized people shouldn't die from Guillain-Barre syndrome people shouldn't be misdiagnosed and a kind of anger and fire in my belly <laughs> fired me up into doing something about it um, and when I came to Australia I wanted I was doing some charity work for the UK GBS foundation um, and when I came to Australia I wanted to continue that charity work and what I found was um, people were still experiencing the same things, misdiagnosis, um, you know, lack of research, lack of support. Um, you know, once you left hospital, you were you had to financially, you know, look after yourself. Mm. And it was horrible to think that families might be going through what ours did. And it didn't seem fair. And all I was thinking was there's a probably another little girl going through what we did. Yeah and it's not okay so that's what kind of sparked the fire in me to start the foundation um, and we became a registered foundation I think it was 2015 um, and every single cent that we raise goes directly to helping people pay for their medical bills or rehabilitation oh, wow. or transport costs um, none of the directors take a penny everyone's volunteers and um, and it's all in my mum's memory. So this beautiful, beautiful kind of turning straw to gold of like, okay, I can let this consume me and feel really victimized and why me for the rest of my life, or I can empower myself and go, okay, do you know what? That was really awful what happened to my mum and it shouldn't have, and it was really horrible what devastated our family. But that doesn't mean that that has to happen to other people. And if we can just benefit 
one, two people's lives, then great. And but the snowball effect has been we've um, affected so many people's lives. And from that, they then help people. And actually, somebody said to me recently, um, they said, life starts after GBS. And I was like, what do you mean by that? And yeah. they said, because after Guillain-Barre syndrome, it made them have a whole new appreciation for their body, for life, for things that you're able to do. You know, when people are paralyzed for anything from a month to 10 months and your brain is working perfectly, but your body isn't, Cole, you have some time to think, don't you? You sure do. Um, and so they come out when they come out of it and they're able to move it's like wow I've been given this second chance of life and that always sticks with me like just be so grateful for what you have um yeah so sorry I don't know if I don't know I, I was just um, thinking you made me think when you were talking and I just went I can just see that little girl wondering mm -hmm. where mummy's gone what, mm -hmm. what when, when's mummy coming home yeah and I, I think the love you have for your father must be incredible Oh yeah, we're so close. So yeah. the bond is unbelievable. Like, and this is like completely being um selfish. You know, when my mum passed away, my dad got his life back. And, um, you know, he cared for her for all of that time, was raising me, was trying to pay the bills, you know, it was an incredibly difficult time for him. And I have so much admiration and respect uh for my dad. Yeah. And you know, and since my mum passed, he's just like the biggest free spirit and just loves life. <laughs> I love it. I love and, it. Um, yeah, thank God I had him because he is everything to me. It could have been different, couldn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, I'm, and you also made me think about um, your developing those resiliency skills that you, you talked about. Mm. You have sort of an off the Richter reading <laughs> of relational empathy. I think that's, and and that's sort of correct me if I'm wrong, but that's the that's what I'm getting from this and why you set up the the um the foundation where everybody does it from their heart, yeah, absolutely, absolutely from their heart. Um, and there's there, there are amazing stories, and the stories of the people that you help, they're worth telling. They're they're yeah. just incredible as well. So, oh, yeah. just a big shout out, listeners. If you know anyone with Gillian Barr syndrome. Um, and I may not have pronounced it the way you pronounce it, yeah. but we'll put the put our uh, right. you did in, the, in the show notes. Um, yeah. There are so many. I mean, you can be diagnosed, misdiagnosed with MS. There's so many similar symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we've oh, got wow. amazing um, like recovery strategies. And the work that we do really steps in when a patient leaves hospital. We do a lot of advocacy work when they are in hospital, but the real work comes when they're out. After. Um, and we can support, you know, the families, uh, the patient in so many different ways. Um, so definitely reach out. And I feel like some people, when I speak to them, they're like, oh, I didn't realise you would actually pay for this or help us or make yeah. us a plan. So and we can. So, um, yeah, I encourage people to reach out. Oh, well, listeners, that, that is the best invitation you've got to actually look this up and also look up Jade and, and what they're doing. But you know what? Jade's not just a pretty face, not just a big <laughs> heart. She's actually an expert in the area of, of, of recruitment and the business that you do work in at the moment that you have with, um, with your husband is Redstone. Redstone? 
Yeah, so Redstone Recruitment um, is owned by my husband and his business partner, Gavin. Um, and then um, they mainly work with nurses in the aged care and hospital settings. And then I run the medical division, which is doctors um, into hospitals. So yeah, we're, uh, we're a united team. <laughs> well, you'd be, be very interested in how um, your um, whole office team is managing calls, placements, um, challenges or hiccups or very quick changes they've got to make um, and so the skilling that you have in your own resiliency skills and your empathy um, I would say transfer highly into the team that you're working with. Yeah definitely I mean I, I also believe that you can be a leader and run team and also have empathy and be kind and I always think that there is nothing that can't be made infinitely better with kindness, whether that's being kinder to yourself or to others. And even when like, um, my team might have a difficult conversation with a doctor or a client, and I'm like, do you know what? That person just might be going through something and everybody's just doing the best that they can with what they've got right now. So every time somebody feels like, oh, they said this to me, I'm like, kill them with kindness. And, you know, it always comes around. <laughs> so I think um, having a have female leader as well, especially with two male directors, I think it adds that little bit of, um, you know, feminine nurturing touch that you can be a leader and you can be really successful at what you do and be kind and, you know, not being walked over, still having boundaries, absolutely. Yes. Um, but it doesn't have to be very authoritarian all the time. Oh, and look, only only this morning, fantastic um, information. We, we, as our social media, we have access to the latest research and literature, you name it, polls, whatever it is. Um, but we're talking about um, women leaders and are there more now than there were in 2015? And something out of the States this morning was saying that um, um, really... Um, women have actually, uh, the, the percentage has, has lowered, hasn't, hasn't increased. And I know that the fastest growing group of people moving into poverty in Australia are women 50 plus. Wow. So it's, it's a very interesting dilemma because it's, it, it would often, often women of my age um, will often not get a look in because yeah. we, are, we are older. Um, but the skills that we have, are really rich, the life experience really rich and have, have a, a lot to offer. But I love the fact that you've just said leaders can have empathy as well as be strategic, as yeah. well as be creative and innovative um, and look and really lead a team well. Yeah. And I think I'd say with that, with um, if you feel like of whatever age you're being pushed back and people are not taking you on for whatever reason, but you are confident um, in your ability and your skill set, look inward what can you do like what can you create that you don't need other people's approval for to say you've got the job can you make money in other areas can you make money for yourself be your own boss are you telling yourself you can't you know like I feel like there's um there's a book called The Last Lecture by um what's his name Andy Bush or something I'm probably pronouncing that badly um but one of the things is that he says in it is um the brick walls aren't there to deter you they're there to see how badly you want something oh so if you're if you're taking it as oh no but everyone's saying no to me well it's like well how badly do you want it like what That's do you want can you do it yourself 
That's the challenge. That's, yeah. yeah, it's a challenge. And um, and there's an amazing TED talk as well. I'm going, sorry, I'm trying to remember all these people's names. Um, I think her name's Angela Duckworth or something yes, like that. Yes, yes. Yeah, have you seen it about grit? Yes, grit. And yeah. Yes, grit. It's amazing. Yeah. And she talks about how um, that she she studied successful people in all sorts of different walks of life, and um, and what they had in common was grit. Um, which was the passion and perseverance to continue through hard times yeah. and through failure. Yeah. Um, and I just think that's amazing. Like, yes, absolutely. We should just have the grit to, to push through what we need to. And she also goes on to say how we can um, build that grit into children is through growth mindset yeah. and, and teaching them that um, learning doesn't have a limit. So even when you fa fail at something, your brain is still growing and learning from challenges and then you're less likely to give up when you know that and you're less likely to stop at failure um, and I just think it was amazing. Oh well it's it's funny that you mention grit because often um, when I was a younger girl it would be someone to talk about grit and gumption so the two yeah. things together. Now gumption if a lot of us remember it as um, a cleaner, a cream cleaner that you did your, your kitchen sink with, right? <laughs> Gum gumption. But for me, it's to me it goes well. That's the the extra bit that you to help you get there to actually help get it all to get it all together and and push you on. And I think in the, a lot of those old Hollywood movies, they talk about grit and gumption, and yeah. um, you know, and the type of actors who keep coming back and coming back, crafting crafting their uh, their work so they'd get the jobs. But it's the same. It's the same during life. We keep crafting mm -hmm. who we are and what our skills are, our, and our mindset in particular. And the last four years, we could say to pe that people have really had their mindsets knocked around. Yeah. Um, it has affected a lot of a lot of people in different ways. Um, but there's people like yourself, ordin an ordinary gal who's doing an ex extraordinary um, job across a number of fronts. Um, and you can still put a smile on your face and still go, you know, bugger off. I believe in myself. Yeah, exactly. And 100%. pardon me if that's rude, everybody, but um, pardon me, you know, and how badly do I want something? So yeah, how badly do you want it? Yeah. And you don't have to lie to yourself. If you don't want it, that's absolutely fine. Do what you do want. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't want to work, don't work. <laughs> You've got the luxury, you can afford it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always have to be what other people perceive you should be doing. Yeah. Really sit with yourself and say, does this feel authentic to me? Is this actually what I want? Um, and then work out a way of getting it. Well, what a great thriving <laughs> technique that you have. You've already built in. Do you um, use a, a, a particular method to do that or a space or some, do you write? Do you write down? Do you use a journal? Tell, tell, tell us. I do a lot of reflecting. Um, I think self-evaluation is really important. Um, and I had that all the way through my career. Like if I had a manager or a boss, I'd never be like, oh, you're doing really well. And I'm like, no, tell me what I'm doing badly at. Where can I improve? What can I do? And, and I'd sit with it and I'd say, okay. And then I would, I'd work on myself. I would do a course. I'd read a book. I'd find out, you know, I'd ask for feedback. Just everything I could to find information about how mm -hmm. others did it. If I thought I, that's how I want to be, I want to be like that person, I would quiz them. How are you doing this? What are you doing? Like I'd <laughs> ask them everything I could just to get as much knowledge as I possibly could. And especially with the Ski and Bari Syndrome Foundation, mm. I was like, I wanted to raise 
some money so that we could start the foundation so we could start helping people and I remember being like okay should I throw this charity ball but we aren't a registered charity and people kept saying to me we can't throw a ball if you're not a registered charity and I was like well why can't I I'm just gonna do it <laughs> and then so then I hired out the Sydney Opera House and everyone was like what have you done you've got the Sydney Opera House from Marquee no one even knows about this foundation people can't even pronounce the syndrome what are you doing I was like <laughs> people will get on board to a cause that means a lot and so I went out and found as many GBS community as I could and I rounded up my friends and we did it and we raised $30,000 in one night um, and that then launched us to be able to help people straight away and then we got the registered um you know the registered mark it was in process but I could have stopped myself there and gone oh no I'm going to listen to all these people that say I can't no I can and I will (laughs) so I think it's yes definitely take the time to reflect on yourself and sit back and listen to feedback but not listen to it too deeply if it's putting you off the path that you know you're meant to be on well you couldn't have chosen a better place to start to start the adventure that you've you've been on the sale for me the the imagery does is just perfect oh it was incredible sails on the ocean where can we sail to how how far can we go how far can we travel it's just beautiful and why would you not if you live in sydney why would you not want to be on the harbor exactly (laughs) i was like no this has to be amazing so that people like set the tone you know like we are going to do something amazing together and and it got people on board so your son was even in that first one I was just about to say, I think I think he was. I, I had a memory of that and I'm going, gosh, that would have been fantastic. That would have been great. Now you have these annual do you do it annually? You do something? Well, before COVID, we were doing um, a biannual ball and and then like a soiree in between. But then with COVID, the risk of putting down a deposit for a venue and it not going through was just too much. Yeah. Um, so we did other fundraising things and, and people fundraised for us since yeah. then. Um, but yes, we will be planning one soon. Um, it takes around six months to get a full, get fully organised and, and get everyone involved. But um, yes, they will be coming back. Well, you know who you can put on the um, email list or the, I will. the Instagram, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, you are delightful. I, I mean, I, all I can hear is dedication, hard work, a sense of purpose and this great can-do, gritty, gritty yeah. attitude. And um, I would I would imagine that your two little people have picked up on a little bit of that. <laughs> Yes, to, I, I'm, I'm annoyed at myself sometimes with the, the stuff they say back to me. It's just like a mirror, isn't it? I'm like, yes, oh, yes. yes, you're right. So I can't really say anything about that. Oh. But yes, very determined little children. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also think you've brought up a really great point, Jade. You know, where your success isn't guaranteed, your growth is inevitable. We still yeah. learn. This, it's the failing that we learn through, isn't it? It's the small yeah. fails or the lean-intos, yeah. you have to like there is no if there's no point if you fail at something or deem it to be a failure yeah um it's probably just god's way of redirecting you a little bit Mm. and that you should sit with that and berate yourself but um, but one thing i've really really learned is um what we're talking about with empathy and empathy over sympathy so sometimes like so sympathy would be like oh well at least um you've still got this option or at least think no one wants to hear that when they're having a hard time you know and having empathy would be like you know what 
that's really shit and I'm really sorry that's happening to you right now like mm-hmm. I'm really sorry but how best can I support you yeah and just asking those open questions rather than assuming what someone wants or trying to fix them I think it's just really really important mm-hmm. um, and the same applies to failure so if you're going if something's rubbish yeah just you know having a support system around you that goes you know what that is really rubbish but you know you're going to be good and what can we do now to support you through this difficult time Um, and I think if we just if everyone learned that slight difference in how to approach people situations through failure as well as good times because we all know how to approach someone when stuff's going good well we hope that's true Um, (laughs) but when things are a bit rough like it's difficult to have those difficult conversations um and you know people say to me oh I don't know what to say to someone because they're going through something like ask them ask them how you can support them or what they need don't assume Um, and that's when we can get a deeper level of connection with people I think I was just thinking about you as a young woman in business coming even leaving uh, the UK and coming here at 22 years of age I mean um that's you know that's that's not for the faint-hearted really there's a lot of people that couldn't do that they'd be paralyzed um it seems to be a rite of passage though that we actually we actually have it travel we we leave what we know to the rest of the world that we don't know and 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 which i which i love i think exploring is the space that we really need to think about our values and how we see the world how we can contribute but i was just thinking about um what else is on your agenda what what else if if i gave you if i gave you the crystal ball, <laughs> you know the, the the ball to look through if i gave you that and i said what's what's really the big dream is there something that's still sitting here that you haven't haven't done yet or you're working towards um well definitely um like continuing the the charity work and growing the business and looking after my family and trying to look after myself and trying to be a good friend and all the other hats that I'm trying to juggle and the more I learn about um the like the work that I do on myself um and the more I learn about you know counseling and and behaviors of people that are unwell and definitely psychology is an area that I'm always like that always triggers something in me and so potentially something down that route um and even you know really bringing up the next generation of leaders especially women um you know doing some kind of training with them or encouraging I feel like I am my friend's biggest hype woman and like the slightest thing I'm like yeah you can do it go on so I feel like you know that that can be harnessed in a way um but just to keep doing what serves me without pushing myself um to the brink um but also always giving back Um, So I think whatever I end up doing and whatever path, it will always be a balance of that, caring for myself and my family and caring for others. Um, And yeah, so that will always be whatever, whatever door opens. Um, But yeah, there's always something in the back of my head about psychology. I'm like, oh, I love this. Um, (laughs) It's fascinating, isn't it? Yeah. And we're knowing more, we're getting to know more and more, Um, you know, about neuroscience. It's just been absolutely amazing about what what we can harness, how we can actually think differently, train ourselves. I, You brought up a really good point just then. I was just about to say to you, have you had a mentor or a number of mentors? Do you have a, have a mentor coach? Because I, I look at a lot of women and um, in business, 
large families, whether they're running not-for-profits, whatever it is that they're doing, mm-hmm. and they all have a circle of trusted people around them, their tribe, who will go, will back them, will also challenge them, but will also back them and just go, right, is this, what else could we do here? What else, what else? I think network is incredibly important um, and the people you surround yourself with. Um, For example, I was talking to one of my closest friends here um, and I said, I feel really nervous about this podcast. She said, why are you nervous? I was like, that I might say the wrong thing or be perceived a certain way. And she said, there's nothing you can say that's wrong because you're an intelligent woman and what you're saying is from the heart. And I was like, it just was in that second, just reminded me that I was like, God, I've got some good people around me. Yeah. You know, people yeah. that support me in ways, just just a simple thing like, you don't have to worry, you're fine. There's nothing you can say that's wrong. And, and that particular person, Helen, she does a lot of coaching and mentoring for a lot of people. She happens to be my best friend, so I get it on the daily basis for free. Fantastic. Give, give her a um, shout out. Give her a yeah, shout out. thanks, Helen. <laughs> um, and I also recently um, just finished a... Uh, I don't know, a program um, with a UK mentor. She's a leading business coach um, called Anna Lee Howling. Um, she's also a psychiatrist. So she can mm-hmm. deal with, she does with a lot of the business females and um, what you're going through personally, what blockages you have. Um, and I found that to be very useful. Very, I like yeah. to find sources because I don't think there's always a one size fits all. I think one person might be good for you in that moment. And then there might be someone else on your next journey. But yeah. um, I've also gone through various different therapists for things when feel, when stuff feels like it's getting too much or I just want to talk to someone that's impartial. I think therapy is a great outlet for people and more people should do it um, for whatever reason. Because um, I don't know if you've ever had this, carry, but when there might be something in you or about your personality, you're like, I know I do this, but why do I do this? Yeah. And it really intrigues me. And, you know, for many, many years, I was super hypervigilant, hypervigilant of everything around me. And I was like, I know that I'm like this. I just don't know why. And then when I've unpacked it through therapy, I'm like, okay, it's because of my childhood. It's because of this. But then it's like, okay, it's not, not saying that it's necessarily wrong or bad or what yeah. things bring up, but it's just understanding why. And once you can understand why, you can understand the stories that maybe it's telling you about yourself. So it's not that, you know, when you go to therapy, it's not to get rid of trauma. It's to find out what is that trauma then telling yourself throughout your life. And the self-awareness so, piece yes. is really, I think we we don't give it as much um, credence as we should. Oh, my God, um, yeah. Because and, we get used to telling stories to ourselves that aren't true. True all the time. Yeah. yeah. I actually... Um, my son, he had a bike for Christmas and um, he was adamant he did not want to ride this bike with stabilizers. Adamant. And the story that I believed, my limiting belief that I put on him was you can't, you have to ride a bike for stabilizers. The bike's too heavy. You have to learn first, then the stabilizers come off. So what did he do? He didn't want to ride the bike. He never asked to ride the bike. He wasn't interested. And then last week he said, I want to ride my bike without stabilizers. <laughs> and he goes to Montessori. And um, there's a quote from Maria Montessori that was like, don't stand in the way of a kid that thinks he's going to succeed. <laughs> True. And I was like, okay, 
fine. So we went down to the beach promenade where it's nice and flat. And I held onto the back of the bike. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know how to teach a guy, a little boy to ride a bike, but here we go. I'm holding, he's got his helmet on and I'm holding the back of the bike. And I just go, just pedal as fast as you can. Go, go. And I tell you what, he did it. He did it straight away. And I'm chasing him down the promenade going, go on, Eddie, like a proud, embarrassing mum that I am. But I just thought, oh, my God, where else am I putting my limiting belief on him, on myself? Yes. And I implore, like, everyone to think, what story or limiting belief am I putting on myself that's stopping me from just doing what I thought I could do? That is, that is a fantastic example. Isn't of, it? I was just like of, of tuning in to what it was that was stopping you, but when he did it, and then he was yeah. willing to give it a go, you know. Yeah, he just yeah, give it like you say, Carrie, give it a red hot shot. Yeah, I do, <laughs> I do. Just give it a oh, Jade. I think I think you, we're going to have a lot of people who are just fallen in love with you. Number oh. one this afternoon, <laughs> and who will be really interested. We'll put all your details in um in the in the notes. But I got one last question. What is it that we haven't actually talked about in this conversation that we should be talking about? Um, Is this a trick question? No, no. (laughs) If there's something else we should say before we sign off, yeah, that we should Um, we should say. Is there something that you want to spit out? You got any gritty things to to spit out or share? Um, Was there a challenge? Is there a wish? Is there? Yeah. Okay. I think. Um, you know, something, if we're talking about women empowerment and women leadership and, you know, just touching on those limiting beliefs as well, like so many of us experience, um, and you put, you put this in your notes and it really made me think about, you know, the tall poppy syndrome, imposter syndrome, all of those things. And then I sat with it and I was like, do I do those things to myself? And then the more I thought about it, then I was like, yeah, God, they do creep in. And you can't let it kind of self-sabotage you from achieving. Um, and again, going, thinking about, okay, well, how do, how should I stop that? Or how should I give advice to stop that? And, and definitely would be the support, like I was saying about my friend telling me, don't, don't worry about it. But, um, you know, other areas where you might be able to support someone from not feeling that way. Um, So just knowing that it's a back and forth um, and, yeah, just not letting people and your own thoughts stand in your way. Like your thoughts are not your true character. They are just passing things that your brain creates. Um, So don't listen to negative talk. Um, You know, try and destroy that inner critic and know that you're capable. unlimited amount of capableness in you like you can achieve (laughs) anything if you put your mind to it and if you have a sense of purpose even better if you have that passion that you want to make a difference somewhere follow it like people will get behind you and what I found from the foundation is that people are inherently good and there's research that shows you know people doing good actually benefit Um, and I know you shouldn't benefit in when it's charity you do you feel better you have more gratitude your stress reduces and so something I always kind of think about is that there's good in us and it does good for us I like that that's that's, beautiful that's what we should we should encompass and remember and there isn't this scale where if you give more good out negative happens it's a win-win and so continue to love that out into the world people 
<laughs> there is good in us and, and it's good us. for us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Jade, I have had a beautiful afternoon's conversation with you. Thank you so much. I know it's the end of another week and usually, um, you know, the end, end of a week brings lots of uh, either joy or um thinking or you go back and you think what haven't I done this week that was on the agenda <laughs> cool. it, yeah. it could be could be quite stressful but we talk to we're talking about thriving so our listeners today have got some great techniques but also the affirmations um that you've been able to put into our conversation today I think they're, they're standouts so oh, thank you and I it's it's a beautiful green day. It's St. Patrick's Day, everybody. So when you hear this, it will be after St. Patrick's Day. But we'll shout out to all the absolutely stunning Irish connections we have all around the world. Um, but I want to thank you. So thank you oh, for, thank for you, jumping Kathy. on. And you, 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 honestly, I love watching your Instagram stories and your videos <laughs> and just the positive energy you put out. I love it. So thank you so much. Oh, you're, you're a darling. And listeners, I didn't pay her anything for those comments. No, you didn't. <laughs> your invoice is in the post. I'll take it. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, best place to contact you will be through LinkedIn, Jade. Yeah, LinkedIn probably. And um, and if it's for, for the foundation, it's jadeparsonsgbs at gmail.com. And, and our website will be, it's just being renewed. It'll be up shortly, which is www.guillambarisyndrome.org. Beautiful. So we'll put all that information in. You know, listeners, you know where to find me. I'm on all socials. Carrie Benedette. You can't get plainer than that. So just think about Carrie, C-A-W-R-I-E. And I often say to people, I say, Carrie, okay, yep, Carrie Bay. And they look at me stunned. And I said, you've got to ask me the next question. And they said, <laughs> I said what type of bag? <laughs> so, so I, I enlighten them on what really is my favorite bag anyway um so you'll find me if you love this um episode please share it every podcaster likes a little bit of love so share it with your friends family colleagues make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the incredible women and men the ordinary guys and gals that are doing extraordinary things in life and work so thanks for your company today just remember, your thriving matters. You are precious. Thanks, Jade. Bye. I'm Carrie Benedette, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters. <laughs>